All right, I have a privilege this morning to welcome somebody to a platform here. By the way, we call it a platform at Harvest Ridge. There are no stages here. Stages are performing. Platforms are for proclaiming. And uh, we're here. The core values of who we are. We're here to serve and honor and love. Well, I met this guy on a beach of all places. So those of you that know me know my happy place is a beach. And I met this guy on a beach, and we were standing on the beach, and uh, he told me a story, and I said, you have to come to Harvest Ridge to share this story. And uh, so um, I met him. He's a Builders International, who you work with, right? Builders International, retired minister from regular ministry, and now he does irregular ministry with Builders International. And uh, it's a privilege to have him with us. Uh, one other thing I want to tell you about him. He had a knee replacement, and he, as we're standing on the beach, he said, you got to show me how to do a leg workout. <laughs> So you know where this guy went to, with me? To a gym. All right, you want to get my respect, work out with me. So, uh, Paul, come visit. Let's give him a big hand. Welcome, Paul, to be with us this morning. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. Good morning. I uh, have the idea that there are probably some Browns fans around here today. Are we uh, excited about uh, this evening and ready for it? I uh, have to say that I'm a Bills fan too, but when I'm not rooting for the Bills, I am rooting for the Browns. And uh, I went into great detail with your, uh, one of your tech guys back there this morning about that. I'm grateful for the Harvest Ridge Church, for Pastors Kevin and Robin Crow. They uh, stole my heart uh, earlier this year in just witnessing and just uh, fellowshipping with them on a special builder's event. And I'm so grateful that uh, this invitation was extended to be here today. Your hospitality, your generosity, the warm welcome of everybody uh, throughout uh, the service and coming in and from the parking lot all the way in. I've been blessed. On behalf of Builders International, please accept our sincere thanks for your generous gifts and offering, your labors of love that were demonstrated by sending teams to various missions projects around the world, and your commitment to world missions. Uh, The particular uh, theme for this year for AG World Missions is Christ Among Us. And we are here today because Christ is among us. And on behalf of the world's population, it's suffering the ultimate injustice, not having access to the gospel. And those who are making a difference face insurmountable challenges and often lack resources to do anything about it. This leaves countless lives feeling forgotten, hopeless, in a world of suffering. We believe at Builders that every person deserves a place to find hope. Our job is to find effective leaders of growing ministries that need a building to serve even more people and connect them with generous people who help, can help make that happen. And when we build places to empower effective leaders, even more hurting people find hope, restoration, and meaning. I remember the words of Neil Armstrong back in the year 1969. 
Houston, Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. President Nixon, watching the events on television, described it as one of the greatest moments of our time. And at 10.56 a.m. on Sunday, July 20th, 1969, Neil Armstrong stepped off the ladder from the eagle and onto the moon's surface. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. How many remember seeing that? <laughs> there are a number of us here yet. Uh, that means that we're the maturing group. And uh, I'm glad to be part of that group. It's better to be part of any group than not be part. The plaque that they left from the Apollo 11 missions, it states here, men from planet Earth first set foot upon the moon, July 1969 A.D. We came in peace for all mankind. The whole world watched with amazement and awe. I can remember as being a young kid at that time, watching with awe and amazement on our black and white TV. It was 1969. I know color TV came out in 63, but 1969, we still had black and white. But it was cool. It was wonderful. James Irwin, another astronaut who from the July 26, 1971 Apollo 15 mission, walked and spent three days on the moon. He made a statement. He said, Jesus walking on earth is more important than man walking on the moon. And when Jesus saw their response, in our text this morning, I draw you to Luke chapter 5, 26. The Bible says that when they saw Jesus and what he did, they were with awe and amazement. They were taken back. The power of the Holy Spirit gripped their hearts and lives and did something. They were just filled with awe. My message to you this morning is that God wants to amaze you. Now, if you don't get this, your life as a follower of Jesus will be unexceptional. I'll say that again. If you don't get what we're talking about this morning and what I'll share with you, there will be nuggets that you will hold on to. And I believe that God has uh, poured this message into my heart. It was stirred when I was first having a devotional. I was doing a devotional by, with Nikki Gumbel, and it challenged me way back in March, shortly after. And I said, God, do a work in this church on this day in November. God wants to amaze you, not for the thrill, but that you may confidently walk in his anointing knowing that he will do what he says he will do. And God has come to reconcile man unto himself. That is the priority. Forgiveness of our sins. Here are my four points this morning. And I may 
dive into some a little deeper. The first one is this, is God's choices are amazing. The ministry of Jesus is amazing. Jesus' forgiveness is amazing. And God wants to do amazing acts through your life. And that kind of came to me as I was refining this of how he wants to do the acts as we refer to the acts of the apostles. He wants to do in us greater things than we could ever imagine or think. Let's consider the first one. Number one, God's choices are amazing. Hmm. Do you ever stand in awe and amazement at the people that God uses? Take a look around. Go ahead, look at, to, look at someone and just say, can you imagine that God chose me? <laughs> yes, God chose you. The fact that I'm standing before you today is nothing less than a miracle of God. By his grace, how grateful I am. The Bible says that God chose the foolish, the weak, the lowly, the despised things, the things that are not, to nullify things that are so that no one may boast before him. God chose the unassuming, the meek, in Psalm 37, 11, it says, the meek will inherit the earth and enjoy peace. Meek does not mean weak. Spineless or feeble. It's the word used of Moses. Jesus described himself as meek. It means gentle, considerate, and unassuming. Think of that as one of our amazing goals for our life. God, make us meek like you. See, it's the opposite of being arrogant and self-seeking. It's the word used of a horse that has been broken, that is tamed. It means strength under control. Jesus is the one who controls us, but he has empowered us with great strength to go and to do what he has called us to do. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. God chooses the poor and the needy. God is concerned for the poor and the needy. And those who treat them badly are wicked in God's eyes. Better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked. For the power of the wicked will be broken. But the Lord upholds the righteous. In our world, with all of the chaos that is going on from Ukraine and Israel and all of the other nations that are facing adversities, we all know that there's evil that's going on. And the enemy seems to be having the upper hand. But the Bible tells us that God is in control and he will ultimately See, his will fulfilled. His will is actually being fulfilled even in the midst of what we consider to be chaos. God chose the persecuted. The theme of these verses in Psalm 37 
is that the wicked plot against the righteous. As the psalmist contrasts the righteous and the wicked, it's not that they are merely two separate categories of people, but one is proactive in its hostility to the other. Simply put, the bad guys have it in for the good guys. And uh, I can remember walking the halls of high school. I know you find that hard to believe, but long ago, walking the halls of high school, I knew who the bad guys were. Because I knew they were plotting. And I survived. (laughs) Bad guys have it in for the good guys. These verses also remind me that it's not for us to retaliate if we are persecuted. Because God has it all under control. And he will ensure that justice is done in the end. We do not need to take revenge into our own hands. I stand in awe as to what God is doing. In in, uh, February, actually the end of January and early part of February, I had the privilege of going to Kumai, Ecuador. You can put that slide up if you would, please. And in this slide, you'll see a a number of pictures. In the upper left-hand corner, uh, you will see the campus of what is known as the Jungle Bible School. I had the privilege of taking on this project to champion on behalf of builders. I've known the missionaries for 37 years. I remember when Tim and Debbie Anderson first went to the field. And I said, these are a unique breed. They are going back into the Amazon jungle. And since that time, he has walked hundreds of miles throughout the jungle in the region. In the upper right-hand corner is a, uh, an overlook of the plateau of the Amazon basin. Being there this uh, year, we were building, working on the foundation for the prayer tower, and that's the uh, center picture. Some of my, uh, my colleagues, if you go back to the other picture, uh, my colleagues were working. There's a group of 14 guys we went to Branson. Long and short of it, we spent actually three days in the jungle because it took us two days to get there. One was flying into Quito, and then there was a seven and a half hour bus trip to the jungle where we got to this one road that was only put in six years ago. It's a 12 mile road and it was all dirt and I couldn't believe that they were gonna take the bus on this road. And we went back. And so we ended up on that campus out in the jungle There's this campus. In the last six years, 12 buildings have been built. Many, many churches have been built throughout the area. Hundreds of people have come to know Christ as a result of it. They're training national, their own national leaders of the uh, Ecuadorians right there in Kumai of the Shuar Indian. How many have ever heard of the Shuar Indian? They They were known as the really tough dudes. You knew that they were the bad guys because they had a skull hanging around their head. They were known as the headhunters. God has done a significant work throughout the years. And many have come to know Christ. And I got to interface with some of these kids. In the lower center, uh, one of the young men just came up to me. We were in a youth service and he just, he didn't want to let go. I felt like I was going to take him home. I wanted to take him home. When I left there, after having worked with the crew with uh, a little more than 7,000 wire ties, 
We were able to put the uh, finishing touches and pour the footers for the prayer tower that was to go up. Let's go to the next slide. When I left the jungle in February, I, w I w was left with a challenge. The missionary reminded me, he said, Paul, he says, we need about $125,000 to finish the, get the superstructure up by the end of the year. And I'm thinking, where are we going to get $125,000 by the middle of June and July? I had no idea. Long and short, let's turn the clock. I came back from uh, Ecuador and told the story. And one of the stories I told was in a small group in our, our home church. And out of that small group rose up an individual and individuals who responded and when the church received an offering a number of weeks later, a small rural church ended up giving $71,000. Amen. Could you say praise the Lord for that? I was in awe. I said, Lord, I can't believe. And I had no idea when I was sharing the story of that, how God would work on that. God wants to amaze you. His choices are amazing on who he calls. The ministry of Jesus is amazing. In Luke chapter 5, have you ever wondered how people must have felt when they saw Jesus perform a miracle? His ministry led to amazement and awe. Everyone was amazed. An overwhelming astonishment. We have seen wonderful and strange and incredible and unthinkable things. Absolutely supernatural, out of the ordinary. Jesus healed the sick. This passage reminded of the paralytic. A couple of friends had a buddy who had been paralytic for a number of years. They knew that Jesus was teaching at a house, and there he, they took him there, but the crowds were so big, they figured a way, you know, we got to get him to Jesus. We know the story. They lowered him. They got to, went to the roof, and they lowered the paralytic in front of Jesus. And what was the first thing that Jesus did for him? He forgave his sins. He saw the faith of the men that brought him, and they saw the faith of the paralytic willing to be lowered down into the midst of his presence. And Jesus astonished everyone by saying, your sins are forgiven. The power of the Lord was Jesus. Uh, we think often is that the power of the Lord is going to heal him first. But no, he forgave his sins. Then the Bible talks about how he healed him. Jesus has a great way of reading people and speaking to their particular need. He understands your heart. He understands exactly what you're going through and the unique circumstances of your life. And yet he presses in by the power of the Holy Spirit in our day. We are privileged to have that Holy Spirit to draw us closer to him. Jesus was accused of many things in blasphemy. He chose the outcast. He chose the people. He chose Levi, the tax collector. Everybody loves tax collectors, right? 
We have no bias or thinking. We're not tempted to think that way anyway. But Levi was a man of great influence. Jesus called him. He said, come and follow me. And Levi did. And then later that day, he gave a banquet. He put out a big spread to introduce Jesus to his friends. They all came and they sat there in amazement. See, Jesus' choice was shocking and startling. And I see that Jesus is still calling his followers who are rejected by society and I'm filled with amazement and awe. How about you? You think of the people that have come to know Christ over the last number of years in your fellowship here. It's amazing what God is doing and God is doing it all over the world. The heart of the good news is for all of us. I give emphasis here. Joyce Meyer writes about this passage. She says, so often we feel we must hide our weaknesses and always pretend that we are strong and in need of nothing. We just suck it up and put it on and impress people. Truth is, is that we're all broken vessels. The truth is, is that we all have chinks in our armor. Hang around me long enough, you'll find them. Maybe even before the end of this message, you'll see a few of them. The point is, is that we are all people in need. It's okay. It's okay to say that we have need because it is common amongst men. Everyone has a need. And God is everything you need. Tell him everything that you need. The third one is this. God's forgiveness or Jesus' forgiveness is amazing. We have a tendency to think that uh, and take that, that forgiveness and take it for granted. Heinrich Hein once said, God will forgive me. It's his job. Oh, well, maybe in a sense, true. But I want you to know that sin has a very high cost. Many of the things that we read about in the Old Testament strike us as being awful in the sense that they seem to be terrible. However, in another sense, the word awful is filled with awe. I am awe-filled because of what Jesus has done and what he is doing and what he has recovered, uh, rescued me from and he has called me to do. One dictionary of the def, uh, definition of the word awful is worthy of commanding or profound respect, reverential fear, or wonder. Sin requires atonement at one, one, at one meant. That's how I like to remember atonement. At one meant. He mends us. We are separated from God, and because of Christ bridging the gap, we are brought back into a relationship with God the Father because of Jesus Christ. It was the sprinkling of blood that required this sacrifice. The the setting of the uh, Levitical priesthood was necessary long ago to foreshadow and prepare the way for Jesus, who is our great high priest, 
And it's a marvelous story as you get into uh, various aspects of the Old Testament. And we talk about Levitical law. But we see that Christ has come to bridge that gap for us. Forgiveness is not automatic. And I will say that unless you understand the seriousness of sin and the Old Testament background, which shows the difficulty and the complications of receiving forgiveness of what the priest had to go through and the fact of Jesus going to the cross and willingly give his life for us, a life that was without sin, his death and resurrection made it possible for us to have forgiveness. It is made possible by him. Thank you, Lord. How many would say that Jesus did something did an awesome thing in your life when you came to know him. Yeah. You know, as a teenager, I, w- I had gotten away from the Lord. I was raised in the church. I was brought up in Sunday school. And there were some rebellious years. Long and short, let's turn the clock back. God dealt with my heart. I yielded to him. I'm now in my, pa- in my first pastorate at the age of 26 years old. The church was growing. People were doing, God was doing awesome things. People were coming to know Christ. We were in the middle of a building program. I was in a board meeting on a Tuesday night. I can still remember it to this day, walking to the bottom of the steps and just some tables in the the old building that we were in. And around that, we had a time of prayer. You see, we were faced with uh, needing $60,000 within two months in order to finish a project. That was quite a bit of money back in 1982 for a rural church in western New York. And as we were praying, I felt that God was saying something to me. And he brought this missionary to mind. And he says, Paul, he says, your church needs to send $500 to Dick and Cynthia Nicholson down in Argentina. And I'm saying... Lord, you understand, we need $60,000 here. And he was stretching me. He was looking for me to be obedient. And so at that time, I brought it to the board, and they, they all agreed. I was, like, I was in shock. They said, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's, let's invest in the need there because of people having come to Christ, being rescued from difficult situations very next morning, I'm sitting in my office in the wonderful rotary phone. Some of you wouldn't know how to operate a rotary phone, but I had one. And that thing ringed, started ringing behind my desk, and I picked it up. And at first, I couldn't hear uh, the person at the other end. There was a lot of static, and there was echoing, not like the communications of today. And there were echoes. Hey, Paul! Dick Nicholson. Now, I hadn't talked to Dick in a few years. Hadn't seen him in a few years. All of a sudden, he's calling me on that very next morning in my office. He said, Paul, we were in a prayer meeting last night. He said, we were seeking God and we're asking God to raise up churches to stand with us because of a need that we have for the growing congregation. We need to expand the facilities that we have. I'm going, hallelujah, on my end. And I said, God, 
unbelievable, Lord. What, Dick, you're not going to believe this. I said, the Lord spoke to us last night and we were comparing the times just as they were in prayer meeting. We were in our prayer time. And just as God was, they were interceding to provide a way and a means to meet the need there. God spoke to us, and God, just at that time, as we were celebrating back and forth, I can't remember all the things that we said, but there was a lot of shouting and praising the Lord and some tears. And just as I was saying, I said, Paul, just as I was uh, in that conversation, it was as if the Lord was saying to me, Paul, if I can use a little country church in western New York to respond to a need that I have in Argentina. Am I not great enough to respond to a need of my country church in western New York? Man, when you talk about being infused and awe, empowered and excited, I shared that testimony with the people. And interestingly, the $60,000 was met well before the two months. And the money came from outside the church. Nobody in the church. They were not part of our congregation, but God raised up people to contribute in a marvelous and a mighty way. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Lastly, God wants to do amazing things through you. Simple faith simple faith of a missionary who went to Ecuador because God called him out of uh, where he was as a young man. He was in the banking industry and he has spent the last 37 years of his life in the jungle back in, the Af in, in uh, Ecuador, Kamai, Ecuador. And from that, hundreds of churches, a Teen Challenge Center in Quito, and hundreds of people have come to know Jesus Christ. And the message is being reached to the unreached people of the world. God wants to do something through you. God wants to magnify himself through your life. But here's what you need to do. First and foremost... Before you can have God's blessing on your life, you have to ask him to be the savior of your life. You need to repent of your sins and say, Jesus, I am sorry for my sins. I recognize that you are the savior of the world. I put my faith and my trust in you. I believe you. Have you surrendered your life to Christ this morning? Why not do it today? Humble yourself. Ask Jesus to forgive your sins. Commit to allowing him to be the Lord of your life. Christ in us. Christ is among us here this morning. And those of you that are watching, Christ is right in the presence of where you are. Yes. Call on him. And are you ready to commit and say, Jesus, I want you to do something amazing in my life? Are you ready to say yes to perhaps what he is asking you to do. It may not be the $500 or five. It might be not be $500. It may be $1,000, whatever it is. It may be just saying yes and going and being a person of action and obedience to him. Shall we pray together this morning? Father, 
We are grateful for the amazing choices that you have made. We're grateful for the ministry of Jesus. We're grateful for the forgiveness that he has brought to us. And we are grateful that you want to use us today and in the days ahead. We never want to be the same, but let us trust you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor. So I'm standing on the beach, and I hear that story he just told. And there's a couple of things that jumped out at me, all right? A couple of things that jumped out. I just want to take a second. I want to recap what jumped out at me. Normal people who pray and who listen to God see miracles. Normal people who pray, I think it's interesting, they're building a prayer tower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're reaching people, they're seeing lives change, they're seeing miracles because they pray. You have not, the scripture says, because you, you don't ask. You ask not. You don't have because you're not asking. Well, why don't we pray? Like really pray, like take a couple of minutes with no distractions, turn the phone off, turn the TV off, turn the, mute the wife. No, I'm sorry, a joke. Mute the husband, whatever it may be. And you know what you do? You know what you do? You ready for this? You pray and you ask, you ask God to step into your normal world with his supernatural power. God does want to do amazing things through you. When normal people pray, and then they do something. They do what God speaks them to do in prayer. And some of you will never see a miracle in your life. You know why you won't see a miracle? Because when God prompts you to do something, you say no. So here's the deal. Do you really want to see the power of God revealed in your life? Do you really? Well, then turn your no into a yes. Turn your no into a yes. Because when you turn your no into your yes, do you know what you do then? You put yourself in a position where you need God. Because as long as you got it under control, no, God, I got this under control. God will never do a miracle. Miracles never come to people who don't have a need. So I wanted to read this passage. We're going to... Was, I was encouraged. The reason I was encouraged is because I think God wants to use me and you, normal, average people, to pray and to say yes. So I want to pray a prayer over you. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet today. This is the prayer we're going to pray. Now to him, not to you, to him. That was what our worship was about this morning, right? It's about elevating that God is the one. There's no one higher. There's no one greater. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or even imagine according to his power that is at work among us or within us. How is God able to do it? When you say yes. Would you say yes today? Okay, God, you ask me to do 
Yeah, you just thought it. The answer is yes. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen and amen. Now, if you need somebody to pray with you for a miracle, we've got prayer team members up here. But I'm going to ask you to do this. God was just talking to you about saying yes. Come on. He was asking you to deal with that sin, make that phone call, forgive that person. He was asking you to, I don't know, go ahead with that Kingdom Builders Pledge. I don't know what he was asking you to do. God was asking you to do something. God was asking you to do something. You heard it in your heart. And by the way, if, if you in your heart heard, forgive them, you don't come up with that because you and I don't come up with that thought. That's the Holy Spirit talking to you right? If you heard in your heart, make the kingdom builders pledge, that is not you because you would be like, don't make the kingdom builders, right? Who would that be talking to you? That'd be Jesus. If Jesus is telling you it's your day to repent of your sin and deal with it, you're not going to think that yourself. That was, come on. Are are y'all following me here? Is anybody awake this morning? Y'all follow me? If God spoke to your heart, the answer is going to be yes. And here's what we're going to do as an act of yes, okay? You need somebody to pray with you, you have prayer team members. But if God spoke to you to say yes to something, you can come to the altar, but I want you to just step out in the aisle right now. If, if God spoke to you to say yes about something, you need to do something, and you're not doing it, and he spoke to you about it, just step out in the aisle right now. Come on. If That's called an act of faith right there. So here's it, Father God. You see these that have stepped out. So in the name of Jesus Christ right now, they ask you for a miracle. And I'm out here with them. God, would you do a miracle? In the name of Jesus Christ, show your power. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus right now. From heaven, declare the word. The power of God will change the circumstance in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, I'm going to give you all insight into this. I asked Pastor Garrett, I walked into his office and I said, can we sing the doxology to close today? And he said, oh, it's already in the worship set. Come on. That sounds to me like the Holy Spirit may have been moving just a little bit. So in conclusion, without the music, just the voice. Here Let's we go. Together. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father Son and Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. If you want somebody to pray with you, come to the altar and spend some time around here today. God bless you. Have a great week.